Have you ever just gotten so aggravated and so tired that you just want to give up? You just want to give up. You know, you think, man, things are, this is a little bit harder. We knew church planting was hard, but sometimes it's a little bit harder than we thought. You ever just wanted to quit your job and just run away? You know, some folks just get tempted to to leave their spouse. They just get tired. They've had enough. They just want to quit. As we're approaching that goal that we we said we're trusting the Lord to allow us to raise $100,000 by the end of this month, God has been so good to us. We've had some some incredible things come through. Second Baptist Church that we served for 19 years as our sending church. They sent us a very nice check. They're going to support us monthly. First Baptist Woodstock, one of the largest churches in the state, they're supporting us. Um, uh, Dr. Gerald Harris, I, I probably shouldn't. Maintain some confidentiality here because we're recorded. But some great people have gotten behind us and invested. And we're thankful for that. But we've got a long way to go to reach that goal to order the things that we believe we need for the fall. And I was thinking even with no lyrics and all that this morning, Jenna has said to me, I don't know how many times they didn't have all this stuff before. We had church with all that stuff without all that stuff before. So we're gonna, we are able to worship the Lord with or without. It's just a little bit easier when we have everything that we need. Who remembers this old hymn? I can think, some of you know Heather Wellborn, you know, Mike Wellborn's daughter-in-law. Her grandfather had a radio program in my hometown called Gospel Dynamite with the pastor of the Reverend George A. Nelson. And every day when he came home, they played the song, Jesus is my Savior, I shall not be moved. In His love and favor, I shall not be moved. Like a tree planted by the waters, I shall not be moved. Y'all remember that old hymn? It's got a lot of verses, more than I'm going to quote this morning, but some of them are so good. If I trust Him ever, I shall not be moved. He will fail me never, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree planted by the water, I shall not be moved. And then another verse says, On His Word I'm feeding. And it's conditional. If I'm feeding on His Word, I shall not be moved. He's the one that's leading. He led us to East Hall Community Center. I shall not be moved. Like a tree planted by the water, I shall not be moved. When we abide in His love, in His love abiding, I shall not be moved. And in Him confiding, I shall not be moved. Another one says, though all hell assail me. Hell didn't assail us this morning. We did have aggravations this morning. I shall not be moved. Jesus will not fail me. I shall not be moved like a tree planted by the waters. I shall not be moved. If we have $100,000 at the end of this month, we're going to praise the Lord and we shall not be moved. If we fall short of that, we shall not be moved. We're going to trust the Lord that where God guides, He provides. Where He leads, He feeds. And so I want you to turn to Psalm chapter 16. The 16th Psalm, we'll just drop right in, in the middle of that there at verse number eight where we get that phrase from this is in the new king james i don't usually preach from there but this verse translated it so well psalm 16 and verse 8 david says i've set the lord always before me it's conditional if the lord is before me if i'm abiding in his word because he's at my right hand david the psalmist said i shall not be moved lord jesus thank you for the promises of your word Lord, I thank you that you make it clear many of them are conditional. So, Lord, forgive us when we just want to quote your word and claim your promises without doing what you've told us to do. So, God, I pray that we'll have you set always before us. And when we do, we know that we shall not be moved. God, I pray you'd be pleased with us as we trust you. You'll be pleased with us as we march ahead. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen. Perhaps your translation may say, shaken, I shall not be shaken. Our faith is not going to be shaken. If we have to meet out there under that tree next week, our faith will not be shaken. We're doing what God's called us to do. 
Some of you remember, um, well, you don't, may not remember, but we've read about it in history. October 29th, 1941, Sir Winston Churchill, the Prime Minister of England, was called to give a speech at the Harrow School. And everybody's sitting on the edge of their seat. They're waiting to hear from the Prime Minister what great words of wisdom does Mr. Churchill have to say. And he stood up before those students and he said, Never, ever, 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 ever give up. Never give up, never give up, never give up. And he sat down. One of the most quoted speeches in all of human history was that short but profound. He was telling those students, never give up. We shall not be moved right here at Transformation Church. We we might get moved from room to room, but we're not moved from doing what God has called us to do. And I was blessed to attend seminary at Liberty University when Dr. Falwell Sr. was alive. And he used to say the greatness of a man is not determined by his talent or the amount of money he has in his bank account. The greatness of a man is really determined by what it takes to discourage him. So I just want to encourage you today. Here we all know the goal. We all know we're looking at that 100,000 goal. But we will not be moved. We serve a big God. we got more than a week left for the Lord to come through in that. But I don't want to lose sight of the big things God has already done as well. What if you, I mentioned a mission trip earlier, what if you were traveling on a mission trip, God called you, you raised your funds, you did all the preparation, you've done this twice to go to Russia and both times that door got closed. But what if you did all of that and you're traveling by ship and you got shipwrecked and you didn't get to make your mission trip, would you be discouraged by that? What if you're shipwrecked and you build a fire to warm yourself and a snake jumps out of the fire and latches onto your hand? Would you be discouraged at that point from the mission that God had called you to do? Would you still want to serve the Lord? What if you got beaten up and thrown in jail because you were serving the Lord? Would that discourage you or would you be able to sing that old song, I shall not be moved? I'm telling you, I might be tempted to want to give up at that point. But you already know, don't you? You're ahead of me. I'm talking about the great Apostle Paul. These things really happened to him. But he was determined. He was resolved not to be moved. He knew something about struggles and trials already. Since he was Saul, the persecutor of Christians, who hunted down and locked up Christians and killed Christians, he met Jesus on the road to Damascus and saw the persecutor became Paul the persuader and he spent the rest of his life traveling the then known world sharing the gospel. In Acts chapter 20, flip over to Acts chapter 20. This is where we'll land today. This is his farewell speech to the church at Ephesus. He knew he probably would never see them again. And these are the words that he shared in Acts chapter 20. In verse 22, he says, I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear. He knows he's ending his journey here. I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. I've had one message for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin, turning to God, and of having faith in our Lord Jesus, the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That was his one message. And in verse 22, he says, Now I'm bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I have no choice. This is what God's called me to do. I have no doubt about it. I shall not be moved. Even if, if I think if God had told him, you're going to get snake bit, you're going to be shipwrecked. He was determined. He was bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. He said, I don't know what awaits me except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. That'll bless you. Who wants to sign up for that right there? But my life is worth nothing to me 
unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news, the gospel, about the wonderful grace of God. He says, and now I know that none of you whom I've preached the kingdom will ever see me again. I declare today that I have been faithful. If anyone suffers eternal death, it's not my fault. For I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants you to do. He knew he was headed for maybe prison, maybe death. The Holy Spirit prepared him for that. And you've heard me share the story when we were serving for 19 years in middle Georgia, happy to be there, wanted to be there till the Lord called us home. And the Lord specifically called us to northeast Georgia. And really, in spite of being told, you're walking into a difficult situation when you go there, Mike. That's not an easy church to go to. We were bound. We knew bound in the Spirit. We were doing what God called us to do. When we went to our second church in northeast Georgia, we knew up front. We were told, this isn't the easiest ministry you've ever served, Pastor Mike, but the Lord called us. And so I know what it's like to be bound in the Spirit, even as He was headed for that. Never, ever, ever give up. I shall not be moved. What does it take to make us a quitter for Jesus? What does it take to make us a quitter on the the vision for Transformation Church to be a church in the East Hall community where anybody can be transformed by the Word of God? That's where we get our name from. And God called us to this specific community. Perhaps the most neglected part of, of, of of our Hall County community is East Hall. God's called us here. I don't want us to get weary in well doing as we have to make these changes, as we don't have a screen and all this stuff happens. I don't want you to be discouraged that the money hasn't come. I was coming in greatly, but not like we expected. We got a purpose in our heart. We shall not be moved. And everybody needs to be where God calls them to be. I don't try to bring anybody from any other church in town unless God calls them. If somebody says, what are y'all doing? I will tell them. But we're not going to build Transformation Church off the backs of other churches. We're trusting God that when we launch September the 11th, our primary goal is to reach lost people in this community. To reach lost people with the hope of the gospel. But for now, we've got to build this team. And we've got to decide and determine. Because the reality is that some of the... And I'm not being critical. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. Because everybody's got to be where God wants you to be. But some of the people who are the most encouraging to us about planting this church are not here anymore. I guess they were encouraged and maybe God led them somewhere else. But don't be discouraged by any of that. Paul didn't. I mean, all throughout the Bible, we see people who have that resolve. I shall not be moved. Nothing's going to get me off track, whether it's finances, whether it's church hurt, whether it's relationships, whether it's money, whether it's alcohol. We're not going to be moved by anything. Remember Joseph in the Old Testament? He couldn't help it that he was his daddy's favorite. It was the daddy's problem, not Joseph. He was the favorite. The brothers were jealous of him. You know, they threw him in that pit. They sold him into slavery. He was faithful even in that. Mrs. Potiphar said, hmm, that's a good-looking dude. I believe I want to have some time alone with him. And Mrs. Potiphar went after him. He got thrown in jail for that. Throughout all of that, he left his coat. He lost his coat, but he did not lose his character. I believe Joseph could have sung that old song, I shall not be moved. What about Job in the Old Testament? talk about suffering. I mean, dude lost everything he had except his nagging, complaining wife who said, why don't you just cuss God and die? That's the one thing he had. But Joseph said, I shall, I mean, Job said, I shall not be moved. And the end of the book of Job says this in chapter 42 in verse 1. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than the beginning. Let's determine we're not going to be moved. What about Daniel in the Old Testament? They said, you got to bow to the king and you got to eat the king's food. 
Because he said, I'm not going to eat the king's food. They said, well, you're going to be food for the lions. We're going to throw you in the lion's den. What did he do? I believe he could have sung that song. I shall not be moved. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They said, if you don't bow down to Nebuchadnezzar, we're going to throw you in the fiery furnace. And in Daniel chapter 3 and verse 17, they said, our God whom we serve, is able to deliver us from that burning, fiery furnace. And He will deliver us from your hand, O King. But if not, let it be known to you, O King, we don't serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Those jokers said, we shall not be moved no matter what. And the Apostle Paul knew something about suffering. He knew the greatest adventure in life is living for Jesus. The most thrilling thing in life is to be sold out to the Lord and live a life determined not to be moved. I'm telling you, it is more thrilling than after 41 years the dogs winning a national championship. It's more thrilling than that. It's more thrilling than since 1993, the Braves winning the World Series. It's more challenging than being a mountain climber. It's more thrilling to be to jump off the side of a cliff with a parachute on your back. Paul knew what he was talking about in Philippians 3.13. He said, brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, the hurt, the disappointment, all that stuff, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, even if it meant chains, affliction, and suffering. And I love Romans 8.18 in the King James Version. I joke and say it proves to me that Paul was a southerner because he reckoned. He said, for I reckon that the sufferings of this world are not worthy to be compared to what's going to be revealed, the glory that's going to be revealed later on. In Philippians 1.21, Paul says, for to me... Living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. I got a text message from a guy named Jimmy Black in my hometown. Jimmy Black is a bivocational pastor, and I preach for him in his church there in Wilcox County, but he's also part-time funeral director. So when I get a text from Jimmy Black, he says, I need you to call me. I know somebody in my hometown has died. The pastor that I came to know Jesus under as a 15-year-old boy, the pastor that baptized me, several years ago I got to go and preach for him. He pastored two little bitty churches late into his 80s. He pastored two churches every Sunday. And I got to preach in both of those churches. My preacher, preacher Eugene Brown, went home to be with the Lord. So I'm being honored to be a part of his funeral service on Tuesday down in Duluth. He knows now the reality of what Paul said. For me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. Acts 20 that we just read. Paul said, The Holy Spirit testifies in every city. Wherever I go, chains and tribulations await me, but none of these things move me. I believe that's what King James says. Nor do I count my life dear to myself. It ain't about me. It's not about you. It's not about Transformation Church. It's about the glory of God. It's not about us. So that why? So that I can finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. How could Paul say that? How could he say, I shall not be moved? I want to give you three reasons why I believe he could say that and why we can say that at Transformation Church. we got to say that, number one, we shall not be moved because eternity is at stake. Eternity is at stake. We know 86% of people in the state of Georgia don't go to church anywhere. This is the most unreached part of, of the Hall County community is right here. Eternity is at stake. We all left established churches. We left paychecks to come because we believe God specifically called us here. We cannot be moved because eternity is at stake. Paul was uncertain of, the, of, of what was about to happen on this earth, but he knew what his destination was. He knew he was headed to heaven. Even with trouble breathing down his neck, 
Heaven was his home. The best is yet to come. Well, we believe the best is yet to come right here for Transformation Church, but I know the best is yet to come in eternity when we see Jesus. And we got to live in that awareness. Because Preacher Rand had lived 93 years. He'd lived a long, healthy life. I was, was with dear friends and a second cousin down at the beach this week. Their only son, Tyler, was a Georgia State trooper, and he was killed in an accident a number of years ago. Their only son, 23 years old, 93 years old. We're all one virus, one heartbeat, one accident away from eternity. So we got to know that we know Jesus and determine, I shall not be moved because it's not just my eternity that's at stake. Mine's been settled. But it's the people in this community who don't know the Lord. We cannot be moved. We cannot give up because we have an ultimate destination as children of God. And John chapter 14 talks about that when Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where, there, where I am, there you may be also. That's heaven. That's our eternal home. We live in South Hall County right now, but that is so temporary. My home is in heaven. We're strangers. We're aliens. We're just passing through. We cannot give up. We cannot be moved, number one, because eternity is at stake. The second reason we can't be moved, number two, we shall not be moved because it would dishonor the Lord. We cannot be moved because it would dishonor the Lord. I recently was talking to someone who is a believer, and they're just very, very depressed. They've been through a lot of bad situations in their life and said, if anybody asks me how I'm doing, I tell them, I want to die. I want to die. Knows the Lord, but knows, knows where she's going. She said, the only thing that keeps me from doing that is I don't want to, to dishonor the Lord. I don't want to jeopardize my eternity. But we know Romans 8 says nothing can separate us from the love of God. But I've shared my testimony before how years ago I went through that season of depression for no reason, no known unconfessed sin in my life or anything. And I think one of the reasons I'm alive today is because the Spirit of God said, I'm not going to let you shame me. When I looked at that ocean on vacation one year, my happy place that we got back from yesterday, and I thought if I could drown myself and nobody know it that, it, that I drowned myself, I don't want to dishonor the Lord and I don't want to dishonor my family, I believe I'd have done it. And I'm thankful God let me go through that to tenderize my heart and help me deal with other people who go through seasons of depression because I'd never been through that before. I thought if you got enough faith, you won't be depressed. You just trust the Lord more. I had to experience that firsthand. That's not always true. We can't be moved because it would dishonor the Lord. Paul said, none of these things, chains, tribulation, none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy. I want to finish my race with joy. If I'm in the fourth quarter of my life, I pray the fourth quarter of my ministry is the strongest of my life. I want to finish that course with joy. Or Paul was determined to finish his race. Are you determined to finish your race? Are we determined to finish our race with joy? And I think about Preacher Brown, who is in heaven. i got other family members that may be closer than we realize to heaven. And Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, they're in heaven. I don't understand everything about heaven, but the Bible says there's witnesses there. So I just, in my sanctified imagination, like if somebody in a family gets saved, I just imagine the Lord saying, Hey, I want you to see something. Come here, come here. 
Look over the edge of heaven. And I want you to see that grandchild you prayed for, they've given their heart to the Lord. I want you to see that missionary you gave to, they're reaching people for Jesus. I don't know what it's like in heaven, but it says we have a great cloud of witnesses to the life of faith. My preacher's there now. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin. That's a definite article. It only takes one sin to trip us up. And let us run with what? Endurance. The Christian life is not a sprint. It's an endurance race. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this how? By fixing our eyes on Jesus, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We shall not be moved because it would dishonor the Lord. When I look at Jesus and what he went through, the suffering that he went through, he willingly left the glories of heaven to come to this earth knowing he was going to be crucified, knowing he was going to be the sacrifice for my sins, and he did it anyway, I can't be moved when I look at all that he went through for me. Jesus declared with his life, I shall not be moved. I like what Joshua said in Joshua 24, 15. If you refuse to serve the Lord, choose today whom you're going to serve. Whether you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. If everybody else gives up, if it's just me and this woman right here, we're not going to give up. It's, it's, a, it's an endurance race. It's not a sprint. I've probably shared this with you before, but I, you know, one of my heroes is Dr. Charles Stanley. And Dr. Stanley said many, many years ago, his son Andy, who I have some questions with some of Andy's theology, but all that aside, um, he said, Dad, how do you want me to pray for you? How can I pray for you, Dad? And Dr. Stanley said, my main prayer request is that I would finish well. So you can start strong, you can be Charles Stanley, but one decision, and you're known for that bad decision for the rest of your life. And I believe God's answering that prayer with Dr. Stanley. He's now, I think, is he in his 90s yet? In his early 90s, he's finishing his race. Well, I want to be like that. I don't want to just be like Charles Stanley, but I want to be like the Lord. I want to finish well. When other people fall by the wayside and they give up, we're going to determine we're not going to be moved. Number three, we shall not be moved because this community needs to hear the gospel. We shall not be moved because East Hall, and this is our primary mission field is East Hall, but we live in a transient society. People drive from all over, but this is our main focus. This community needs the gospel. Look at verse 26. Paul said, as he's nearing the end of his life, as he's leaving the church at Ephesus, I testify to you this day that I'm innocent of the blood of all men. For I've not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. What a testimony. Basically, he's saying, from the time that I met Jesus on the Damascus Road, I have been faithful to share the gospel with everybody I met. That's not my testimony. I wish it was. I wish I could tell you from the time I was saved and Preacher Brown baptized me that I've been faithful to share Jesus and the gospel with everybody I've ever met. I can't say that. I can't live in the past regret of those opportunities that I blew it. You know, there are times in life, you know, kids play T-ball and T-ball is easy. The ball's on the tee. You just swing and hit it. You don't have to watch the pitch come to you. Sometimes the Lord tees it up for us. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, you know, you prayed for opportunities to share the gospel, and God puts it on a tee and says, there it is, Mike. I prepared them. The door is open. You tell them about me. There are times I've wept. I'm not proud of that, that I've not been faithful. Paul had the testimony. He'd been faithful to share with everybody. And that word translated to declare there, it literally means to declare as a herald of the king. Paul didn't share his own message. He had the message of the king to declare as a herald. In biblical times, if the herald went and shared a message that the king didn't tell him to share, he'd be off with his head or in prison. 
When I was in college, I, I served with the Georgia Council on Maternal and Infant Health. You know my story. My dream was to serve in the Gold Dome and in the state capitol. I wanted to be governor of Georgia. And I chose under, over, under Governor Joe Frank Harris was the governor. I got chosen for the governor's intern program. And I could select different agencies to work for. I selected the Georgia Council on Maternal and Infant Health. If you've known me very long, you know I'm passionate about the sanctity of human life. From conception until natural death, all life is precious. What I didn't know when I went to work for the Georgia Council of Maternal and Infant Health, that wasn't their policy. The lady that was the head of that at the time, she wasn't even pro-life. And she said, Mike, if you share that stuff down at the state capitol, you make sure you're speaking as Mike Dura and not for the Council on Maternal and Infant Health. How can you be for maternal and infant health if you're for the killing of children? I don't know. But I had to clearly make a distinction. If I was at, and I didn't advocate for anything pro-abortion, I'd quit the job for that. But there were things about children's health I could advocate for, and I did that. But when I spoke to all the legislators about sanctity of human life issues, and I did frequently, I made sure I was just speaking as Mike Dura. We declare as the herald of the king. It's not our message, but it's his message. That's what we share. It's the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus for our sins. That is our message. Three-fourths of unchurched people said they've never been invited to church. Chew on that for just a minute. 75% of people that aren't in church said they've never been even invited to church. The number of those who've heard the gospel shrinks far exponentially worse than that. When I love Romans 1.16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, not Transformation Church, not Mike Dura, not the Southern Baptist Convention, the gospel, for it is the power of God under salvation to everyone who believes. That is our message. It is the gospel that will change East Hall. Yes, we want to do good works. Yes, we want to minister to this community. Yes, we want to feed our community. Yes, we want to help with back-to-school stuff when we're a full-fledged church. We want to pour. We plan to stay in this building and not have a building payment, not pay for air conditioning units that go out and all that kind of mess because we want to pour back into this community community. Why do we do that? So we can share the gospel with them. People don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. We can just go knock on their doors and preach to them. And maybe some would come to know the Lord, but probably not a lot. But when you love them, when you love their children, I've learned that when you love somebody's children, you got their ear then. We want to declare the gospel of this community in tangible ways and want to live our lives in such a way that we don't negate the message that we are declaring. So God will use us, Transformation Church. God will use you as an individual. If you purpose in your heart, I shall not be moved. And I can't say I've got the testimony of Paul that I've been faithful to declare the gospel to everybody I've ever met. And probably most of you can't either. But we can say, hey, from this point on, Lord, help me to be faithful to do that, to share that testimony because we have a message to share. And we live in a divide. Miss Sandy and I were talking about how divided our country is, how divided our world is. People hate each other. How much do we have to hate somebody when we've got the answer to their eternity? You know, people, you know, I've got people in my family with cancer, heart disease. If you had the cure for that, surely you'd want to share it. But the reality is, as I said to my mama, we all have an expiration date. None of us are going to be here forever. So you know what? Even if God brings about cures for some things, for my uncle, for my, for my stepmom, and God spares them, if Jesus doesn't come back at some point, they're going to come to the end of their life just like I am as well. 
How much do you have to hate somebody not to share the gospel? Because that's the only thing that's going to matter 10,000 years from now. So don't let complacency get to us. Don't let aggravation get to us. Don't let inconveniences get to us. Let's determine we're going to run the race. We're going to be faithful. We're going to sing that old song, I shall not be moved no matter what. And we're going to say with Winston Churchill, we ain't never, ever, 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 seven of them, ever give up. We're going to be faithful to the end. So i just wrap this up. Don't become complacent in what the Lord's called to do. Don't become weary in well-doing. Don't give up on the vision of Transformation Church. You are here, not out of convenience, because you can go to big churches, great churches in this community that offer all kinds of things that we're not able to offer. We thought we was having children's church today. We didn't have a room. To have. You can go to churches that have all of that in place, but I believe you're here because you have a sacrificial heart and you want to see God do something in this community, don't give up. Let's sing, I shall not be moved. But we've got to be certain of our own salvation. And I assume, I should never assume, but all of you would probably tell me you know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. But if there's any question at all about that, and of course we're recorded, this will be on the internet. The gospel, the debt, Jesus died for our sins. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. Just as it was prophesied, He was born of a virgin. It had to be that way. So the curse of sin was not passed on. He willingly gave up His life on an old rugged cross. They laid Him in that borrowed tomb. And three days later, He came back to life. That's our message. The death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. And 1 John chapter 5.13 says, You can know that you have eternal life. I don't think I'm saved. I don't hope I'm saved. I don't wish I'm saved. I know on the authority of God's Word. If you don't know that, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And I want you to think and pray. What can you individually, what can each of us individually do to impact East Hall? What can collectively we do to impact East Hall? And will you walk out of here today and sing in your soul that old song, Jesus is my Savior, I shall not be moved. Pray with me, church.